Hello and welcome back to the podcast, you guys. A really great guest this week. My guest today is a Venezuelan-born Canadian music and portrait photographer who's worked with brands such as Google, Shutterstock, Boots and Hearts, and has shot bands such as Pleasurecraft, Afterfunk, Scott Hillman, Hobo Johnson, Lowmakers, and Magic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Daniel Dordes. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. You made me sound a lot cooler than I think I am. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the whole point of the podcast is yeah. just making these people feel like they deserve a podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah, you really hyped me up there. <laughs> um, I wanted to have you on the show because you are in a very interesting position as a photographer, uh, specifically with shooting with bands yeah. and um, shooting with these brands as well. And we'll get to that in a sec. But I wanted to first talk about kind of like how you have gotten into this position of actually being able to live mostly off of photography, off of your photo work and being able to travel and stuff like that. So you went to school at Humber. What was that experience like? Yeah, so I went, to, I went to Humber College. I did a two-year program there. Um, it was pretty interesting for me because I went into the program really not knowing anything about photography. I kind of went into photography kind of like not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And so it was like super, super interesting. I didn't know how to even remove like the lens off of the camera. I was taking photos of my sister, plants, the fire hydrant down the street from my road. Like it was a lot of like kind of figuring myself out. The whole going to school for art is very interesting because you have one professor judging everything that you're doing. Yeah. And so that was kind of really interesting. The whole process of like, starting the program to ending the program really taught me what I didn't want to do and what I wanted to do. And then after finishing Humber College, I kind of was able to break out of my shell and figure out what I really wanted to do. And through all of that, I kind of got into like shooting with models, doing fashion stuff, and then now the whole music thing that I've been doing for the past like year yeah because it's pretty recent and and you're you're you've made a really good name for yourself like some of the artists that you've worked with like even some of the ones that i named just now like they're pretty big like well-known names so how does it feel kind of having that that almost like fast track into the into the spotlight in that way i mean it hasn't felt fast because it's felt so like natural to me Mm. it's kind of like it was all meant to happen and it was just like I don't know. It was like, it was just natural to me. Like it, it just was, happened. It, yeah, it just kind of happened. It was just like I put it out there, and then just things just started kind of just snowballing. And it wasn't like I was really. It was weird to me because I didn't feel like I was trying too hard to kind of make that thing happen for me. Yeah. But I was also like, it came natural to me. Yeah. Right. Like I was using Instagram and all that to kind of like connect with artists and kind of get my name out there. And it was just from the comfort of my room, like just DMing people and stuff like that. And that just kind of, to me, felt kind of easy because I didn't have to really get up and go anywhere. Yeah, and that's right? the big thing. That's the big thing I think that people don't understand is is two things. One thing, if you reach out to someone, the worst thing they're going to say is no. And the, oh, others, 100%. and the other thing with that too is it's like, a lot of people like to be involved with things. Like they like yeah. to work on stuff and collaborate. So yeah. like the season premiere of this of this season of the podcast, we yeah. had um, Mike Winkleman, who okay. is like a really, really renowned uh, 3D artist. He's been doing basically a new piece of art every day for 12 years straight. Jeez. And he's worked with like Louis Vuitton and like uh, really huge brands and like made these and like HP. 
and I just shot him a message because I met him at a conference and he's like, yeah, I'd love to be on the podcast. And it just happens. And I think yeah. a lot of people get really nervous about that. And that's kind of the whole imposter syndrome Yeah, is just like being nervous about kind of making that step. But then once you're there, you're, you're there. You you're know? kind of just there. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of have to do it and not be afraid of what, what's going to happen. Right. Because yeah. I get a lot of no's like back in the day when I was shooting with models before I got into the whole music thing, I got so many no's. Yeah. Like it was crazy. It got to the point that I was like, I can't do this anymore. No one wants to work with me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's wrong with my work or what's wrong with me. Yeah. So I, I remember like specifically one night I was talking to a friend and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was working, um, like a part-time job, but it was pretty busy where like I had only like limited days to like shoot and do my photography. Yeah. And I was booking things and then the day would come and people would just cancel on me. Yeah. And it was or just, just like, not show up at all. And that too, right? And then I had this one big thing where like I grew up in Mississauga, so I Yeah. I took the go bus all the way to Toronto to go do a shoot and literally like fifteen minutes before the shoot, the person ended up canceling on me. Yeah. And I was like really like I can't keep doing this I don't know what I'm doing yeah but then I don't know what came from that that made me kind of feel like I could keep going because I now like look where I am now and I'm kind of shooting every week yeah and doing what I love so like I came from that kind of wanting to quit and not knowing what to do to now kind of knowing what I'm doing and shooting all the time yeah and I think right? it's that I think it's that 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 hump that really like that apex that really is where you split between the people who are going to like do this as a career versus a hobby is it's like if i keep getting these no's you know that eventually either a it's not for you or you you get it you know and exactly and it's just it's just your own patience with it like um like i don't have an audio background i didn't do that this is something that i wanted to do and we didn't really get traction until until like later in the show but yeah, it's just something where you have to be like, okay, listen, this is something I want to do. I'm passionate about this this story, yeah. this journey. I'm going to stick with it, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like it somewhat has to kind of become a part of your life. It's when it came to me with my photography, it kind of took over my life in a sense. And I kind of didn't mind that because I really like what I'm doing, right? Yeah. So like everything that I was kind of doing was surrounded around photography like my friends that I was meeting the people that I was hanging around the conversations I was having all kind of surrounded back to photography yeah right and that's I think what helped me kind of continue going with photography even when I was having the lowest of my lows yeah right and I think that's that's the thing that people really need to understand is that everyone has those moments where they're like even when you're successful even when you've done a lot of work you still have those weeks where no one is coming or you set all this stuff up and it doesn't work out and that's that's exactly. i think the biggest like hurdle that a lot of people have to deal with um i wanted to talk to you about a lot of your work is portraiture um, yes. before you did more band stuff yeah. can you talk to me about what the experience is like being like a portrait photographer like how do you how do you set yourself up for success in that situation um honestly just being myself I think that's the biggest thing is is being myself and just staying true to myself. Everyone is doing portrait photography. It's so easy to grab a friend and go shoot them and do this and that. But it's what makes you you mm-hmm. that you can bring into your photography, right? Yeah. So a lot of things that I was kind of doing when it came to like my portrait work is I was adding myself into there. And with doing that, like my favorite color is yellow. Um, 
So like every portrait shoot that I was doing, if you go back into like my Instagram and you scroll all the way down back to like 2017, 2018, every photo shoot had yellow in it. Yeah. Everything had like a constant thing that surrounded back to me, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone can take a cool photo of a person, but then what does that photo resemble to you? Exactly. Right. Yeah, and I think the big thing with that, too, is, like, you look at directors having a specific style, or you look oh, 100%, at... Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, even musicians, um, there's a there's a lot of bands where they'll have, like, this almost, like, raw, like, they're leaving, like, the, that was a great take, or something like exactly. that in there. And I think that you have to, because Toronto is such a, a like, a busy, like, there's so many photographers, there's so yeah. many videographers, you really need to set yourself apart from the, the yeah. group, the, the pack, as it were. Yeah, and I feel like that's, the, like, the hardest thing that people struggle with is how do you stand out mm-hmm. from so many people basically doing the same thing? And, right, it took me so many years trying to figure myself out and how I could make my photography speak on its own. Yeah. Right? Like, people nowadays can see my work and they're just like, oh, I know that's you because of what I've been able to accomplish yeah. and the style that I've been able to kind of, like, hone and, like, create for myself. Right. Yeah, and the thing that with that too is, is like once you find that style, it actually ends up being easy. Like a lot of people think it's like, oh, it's really hard to be consistent with like the style. And like, yeah. I think about my Instagram a lot because I I hardly ever post on it, and it's like kind of like yeah. just big like mass posts because. I was so self-conscious about all the posts, but when you like have this style, when you have this almost like a little bit of a checklist, it makes it a lot easier because you're it becomes almost subconscious. And yeah, I can it just becomes a part of you. Like yeah, exactly. I do it without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I was adding a lot of yellows into it, and it was like either like a shirt. I went as far as like renting out a yellow Volkswagen yeah. and stuff like that. But then when I wasn't adding like elements that I brought into the photo shoot let's say we were on location and I noticed like a yellow fire hydrant or a yellow this I kind of just moved my subject into like that corner where you gravitate towards what you know and what you can do exactly well. right yeah that's that's huge and so I think that kind of leads us perfectly into talking about the bands and yeah. you you uh, have a very I was looking through a lot of the artists and a lot of them kind of fit the same kind of realm in regards to style of music yeah. do you find that you are gravitating towards a certain genre when you try and reach out to these bands or are they reaching out to you like how's it I working I mean when it's come to that it's kind of just like I kind of take whatever I can get mm. and luckily it's been super talented people and I don't speak to a specific genre because I don't have, I don't think I'm there yet where I can kind of just say yes to specific type of people and no to another. So I just kind of take what I can get. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that the the thought process of just kind of grabbing everything you can and working as much as you can, yeah. as long as the person doesn't go against your kind of like own personal beliefs, oh, of course. Y- you really are just... You're, you're there to help people tell their story, right? Yeah. And it's also just saying yes to as many things as possible. Like, of course, I don't want to work with an artist who I know it's not me. I don't like their music at all because yeah. I know that I'm going to be at the show or I'm going to be doing a photo shoot with them and I'm just going to feel miserable because I'm like, I don't yeah. really like what you're doing. So for the most part, like, I've gotten lucky that the artists that I have worked with, I do genuinely like their music. Yeah. Um, is there a specific moment where, like, do, so do artists reach out to you or is it kind of like you're, do, are you working with a company? Like, how does that work? Um, no, I kind of work with myself. Um... Recently, I have worked with a company called The Soundtrack. Yeah. Um, they 
did like an online music blog. Really, really cool. They've gotten me out to shoot like the bigger shows because they have more of a reach. Yeah. They know all the connections with Live Nation and whatever, all these um, promoters. So they've, they're the ones that have gotten me to shoot like Hobo Johnson, Dean Lewis, Scott Hellman, August Burns Ride. So those bigger shows. But anything yeah. like the smaller artists that I've been working with, that's all been like my work and me just kind of just DMing people on Instagram, going crazy and just messaging them and hopefully them saying yes. Yeah. I think that that's really interesting because it's like you do, I think that a lot of people get worried about that, about like reaching out and asking for help but again yeah. like if you want to grow you need to get someone to help you kind of lift oh, you up 100 percent. and when you say the thing about help is i actually posted i think it was like mar it would have been like march of this year i posted on my instagram and i was like hey um i want to work with more musicians in the city and then a friend of mine responded to my instagram story and she said hey i worked on ctv's the launch and from that, she just started connecting me with all like the CTV, the launch cast members. And then honestly, from that, it just kind of just snowballed because I was just kind of, I put myself out there. I was going to like all of their shows. I was just in their faces all the time so that they would always see me. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, that's the photographer I kind of want to work with because I saw him last week shooting. Yeah. Or I saw him last week at a show and he was really cool. Right. Well, that's how I got. That's how you got on the podcast. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that's the thing is, is like, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the artists you've worked with, but I was yeah. wanting to talk about um, Pleasurecraft, who you shot yeah. a little while ago. They have an amazing sound, a really amazing yeah. stage presence. We're talking about style, like ooze style. Yeah. Um, amazing aesthetic, and I wanted to say because you were there shooting with your phone, shooting with your <laughs> with your with your camera, and, and like yeah. kind of going through the nine yards. And yeah. Could you walk us through like the process of what you're kind of looking for when you're at those shows? Like what's going on through your head when you when you get there? Honestly, when I'm shooting an artist, it's more of emotion. I kind of want to capture what they're feeling when they're shooting. You see a lot of photographers nowadays that are shooting shows and they're just kind of just stepping back and they're just taking like the cool like wide shots or they're taking like the cool basic photos, right? But with me is I want to get in there like super close. I want to see the weird faces. Yeah. I want to I want to make the person who wasn't at the concert feel like they were at the concert. Oh, for sure. Right with the emotion, the movement. I did take a photo of uh a pleasure craft where he was dancing and he actually posted it on his Instagram which is yeah. really cool and you can see like just from the movement of like the way his hands were you can tell he was having a good time oh for sure so you didn't have to be there to know that yeah. right like you can take a really cool photo of the artist just standing there with a the mic and yes it's gonna be a good photo but you don't really know what the concert was like yeah because there's nothing there to tell you that yeah right well that's the big thing is like at the end of the day like even if you don't really believe it, like you're storytellers, like every single oh, yeah. time you take a photo, it's capturing a moment. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, cause I do a lot of video side. Yeah. I don't do any photo. Do you find, I know you're gravitating towards more photography. Yeah. Do you find that having to take video and stuff like that, does it make it, is it more difficult for you or what's the thought process there? Yeah. It's a lot more difficult cause there's the editing aspect I think is what's harder for me. And it's, it's trying to take my style of photography into my video work. Yeah. That's kind of where I kind of struggle and I don't know how to really do that. 
it's just like the two things kind of don't really correlate they correlate to an extent but it's they're two opposite things yeah. at the same time yeah for sure um yeah. i think another side of that too is like because i i don't like photography for yeah. almost that exact reason where i think i can get my aesthetic out through video and not through of course, photography yeah. and it's just like the background like you went to school for photography but exactly even, not to say that you need to go to school for it, but, like, you have that background. You have yeah. built that, that strength. It's a skill that you can, like, stretch. Exactly, yeah. And I have been doing a lot of videos. So, like, when I do shows, I also get hired to do, like, recap videos. So I do, like, a one-minute recap video for Instagram yeah. that kind of just showcases what the concert was like. Yeah. And I'll take, like, clips here and there. Nothing too crazy, because I don't know how to get too crazy with it yeah but it's it's something that i'm kind of gravitating gravitating to and i do want to get into shooting more video mm -hmm. i do have a friend of mine actually is giving me the opportunity to shoot a music video next month for one of his songs so that's going to be like that's the huge. biggest thing that i'm kind of going to get into when it comes to video work and then in that specifically with a music video you really have the opportunity to show your style and exactly into it and like I've love I love shooting uh, more narrative content. Like yeah. I shot a lot of sketches and stuff like that. And there's there's so much you can do. But like when you really have free reign to create, exactly. you really can go kind of off the rails yeah. and like go do your own thing. Um, I wanted to talk to you about working with like those bigger artists. When you yeah. versus a smaller band. When you go to a show like Hobo Johnson. When you go to a show like Magic. Like what is the what is the uh, is there a different mentality? Uh, in regards to where you're shooting at it? It's, I'm more nervous. Yeah. Because I, they're obviously at bigger venues. And usually when I'm shooting these bigger artists, I only get the first three songs. I'm not usually hired to actually shoot the show. So basically how it works is I, so the online blog that I work with, I basically request that I want to shoot for Hobo, I want to shoot the Hobo Johnson show or um, the Magic show or whatever. And they basically reach out for me to the to the promoters, and then I get a, if I get accepted, I just go to the show. I go for the first three songs, and that's all I get to shoot the show. Mm. First three songs in the photo pit, and I'm out. So it's a lot more nerve-wracking because I only get the first three songs. And if you know anything about a concert, the first three songs aren't always the best. You kind of want to go for the last three almost. Exactly. Yeah. Just right in the middle when you really see their emotion yeah. and their rawness. And that's why like, I personally like shooting the smallest shows because it's a lot easier for me to capture those really, really raw emotional photos. Yeah. With these bigger shows, the only thing that I'm really doing is showing off to people that, hey, I, I was at this Hobo concert Johnson, yeah exactly right i got to be two feet from him when you had to be all the way in the back right yeah it's kind of like to show off a little bit but at the same time it is kind of cool and it is kind of pushing me to kind of do more within just the first three songs because yeah. that's only like what 20 minutes that i yeah. get to shoot rather than like most of the other shows i get to shoot for an hour yeah and i think that's that's interesting that you brought that up is i think that when you're shooting video or when you're shooting photography and at like a venue like this it's very much like okay i have two hours to get this yeah and you have your opportunity you have your 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 like your window and if you don't get it then that's that's a failure you're kind of screwed you're screwed and you, yeah. you have to be like okay well what do i have here what do i have to work with has there been a show where you're like where you've looked at the photos and you're like i have nothing like this or not necessarily nothing but like it didn't go as well as you as as it could have um, I shot a show recently. It didn't, it ended up actually being better than I thought, 
But the reason being, when I was shooting it, um, the lighting was just all over the place, and it went from like super dark to super bright. And if you know anything about shooting and settings like that, you constantly have to be changing your settings on your camera because you don't know what's happening next. The lighting is all over the place. And while I was shooting that, I was I was like, holy crap, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like the lighting is so unusual to me. And when I was there, I was like, I don't think I got what I wanted I, I wasn't happy in the moment yeah but then afterwards I was able to kind of just play around and be okay with the photos that were a little bit not as perfect right and sometimes the photos that aren't so perfect can actually be more perfect than you could imagine yeah when you look afterwards and it's like right? more like you're capturing like you're like oh like they made a weird face but then you look at it afterwards you're like oh wow this is a really it's cool actually emotion. really cool right yeah and it's I think going back to what you were saying previously is you kind of have to be really locked in because, like you said, I only have like an hour to like 30 minutes to shoot this. So it's like you really have to be focused on what you're doing. Like Half of the time, I don't even know what song they're singing. I don't know what's going on. I'm just so focused on getting the photo or getting the video yeah. that I'm just like locked in. I have to do my job. And by the end of it, I'm like... I'm happy. I'm good. I did what I had to do. Yeah. And like most of the time, I'm also shooting photo and video. Yeah. And that's all on one camera. So think about that. Sometimes I have 30 minutes to capture photo and video. So I'm constantly changing my settings from photo to video to yeah. back to photo, back to video. So it's it's pretty hectic, but you really have to be like locked in and know exactly what you're doing. If you're there to enjoy the concert, you're not going to get the photos or no. the video. If you're there to capture and you love it, you're going to get it. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, yeah, like it's really like I've done, I've gone to concerts where like I'm shooting and then I've also gone to concerts where like I'm just experiencing it. And that's really interesting because you, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even like think about how great this, this band was because I was just shooting them. That's what I was focused exactly. on. Um, I, I guess my other question would be like, is there a checklist? Like when you go to a show and you start seeing them perform, do you kind of build like an, a mental checklist of what you need? I mean, when I started, I did kind of have, like, a mental checklist, like, get, like, the close-up shots of their face, get the wide shots, get, like, the medium shots and stuff like that. But then the more that I just kind of just started doing it, it just became second nature. And I feel like if I continue to, like, look at the checklist, I would kind of just start to stress myself out that I'm not getting it. Yeah, oh, for Rather sure. Rather than, like, a lot of, like, wedding photographers do this as well, where, like, when they're starting out, they'll have, like, the checklist of, like, get the ring, get the shoes, get the bride, the groom, this and whatever. And then once they actually know what they're doing and they've been doing it for a while, they throw the checklist away because then it just becomes more stressful yeah. having to look at the checklist. Oh, and sure. just do it yeah. because then you're having more fun doing it if you don't have to be stressing out of like oh did I get this or did I get that yeah oh for sure and I think that that's that's such a true fact for anything in the arts is like when you're starting off like you want to set yourself up for success you have this like scaffolding around everything you do exactly. and so when you keep going you kind of get more confident and you're like I know this like it almost becomes second nature yeah exactly it becomes it becomes a part of you like, I go to shows now, and I'm just like, even when I'm not shooting it, I'm just like, I wish I was shooting it because I see this or I see that, and I'm like, that would make for such a great photo. Oh, for sure. Or for, like, a video or whatever, and I'm like, ah, if only I had my camera. Yeah, or the worst is you see someone, like, struggling 
in that situation like you see the the photographer the band they got and they were just like having like a nightmare and you're like you feel so bad but you're like i've been you Um, i know you're going through i i was at a i'm not gonna name any names or say anything but i was at a big venue here in toronto and i was shooting it and I I noticed the photographers. One of the photographers who was in the photo pit, he would like grab his camera, raise it up in the air, and then just start shooting, shooting, shooting. And he was using his like on camera flash, which is like a big no no in like the music photography industry. Like you don't use flash. And he was going crazy with it. And at the moment, I was just like, what is he doing? Yeah. Why is he doing that? And then I did my three songs. I got off stage. And then the the band on stage goes, hey, this is our photographer who we took on tour. Thank you for all the photos. And I was like, oh, so you're shooting for the actual band. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't be thinking that or I don't know. But even still, like, I, they're, they're like, our there is like four paws and everything like that and like you kind of want to shoot silent if you can and like not make as like it's like going to a wedding and shooting with yeah. your shutter on like you don't do that it's like they're yeah, walking exactly. in the aisle you're just like yeah yeah like what do you expect you kind of want to be like incognito the thing that like i started recently doing is i mean if you could see me now i'm wearing these bright red pants and this bright yellow sweater and that kind of became like my uniform so like everywhere I was going everyone knew that they would see me with this bright yellow uh, sweater and then when I was shooting shows I'd be like on stage and I'd be the brightest thing on stage Yeah. and then a friend of mine recently he's like oh like when you went on stage like I could see you because you were the brightest thing and I was like oh my god that's so embarrassing because as a photographer you kind of have to be incognito so recently I started wearing a lot more black so that when I'm on stage you kind of don't really notice me and I'm just kind of in the corner and no one's looking at me because they're not here to see me they're here to see the band so if I'm the one that's like kind of distracting them from the show it's just kind of like you just don't do that for sure and do you do you find that um because you've done stuff in California and here and like flown out to Boots and Hearts and do you find that you're you're kind of learning a lot just from like the seat of your pants like it, do you find that like each kind of big kind of event like there's like a like almost like a just like a, a list of things that you're learning from these these experiences oh a hundred percent I mean you mentioned I went to California yeah I went to California back in February of this year um I went with an artist he was really nice to take me out there yeah um I went with him his manager and I think his manager's assistant and uh that was a huge learning curve because we went during like the Grammy weekend and we were also out there. Another band that I had worked with was also out there. So we connected with them and through them, we kind of learned a lot of like the big ins in and outs of like getting into like Grammy parties going to concerts and like networking with people and stuff like that. And like the first night, or the second night we were there, we ended up going to, like, a Grammy party. And, yeah. like, at this... It was a Republic Records party. And yeah. that was really crazy because, like, the minute we got into the party, Zed had, like, walked right behind us. Yeah. And I'm, like, freaking out because I'm, like, this small-town boy from, like, Toronto. And I'm, like, I don't know what to do in these situations. I'm, oh, like, for sure. what am I doing? But then there was, like, another situation that happened while I was out in California... We had gone to a Dean Lewis concert, yeah, and he, his opener was like really, really good. So my the artist that I was with, his manager had noticed that it would probably be easier to connect with the smaller artist. So what we did is, um, 
after the opener had had played, there was like a intermission, and during the intermission, we went to the back of the the room of the venue. Yeah. And what they did is they started googling, like the team who was working with the the opener. So they found his manager, they found his publicist, they found everyone, and then they were able to spot him out. Yeah. In, at the venue so they went up to the manager they said hi to her they ended up connecting with her trying to get to the artist right yeah and they actually ended up getting a meeting the next few days with the artist's manager which is really great because then it helped out the artist that she was managing so like stuff like that was like things that i learned also like i met a lot of like big artists that whole weekend and just knowing how humble they were yeah right because you come from toronto I've never really met any big celebrities, yeah. right? So being in California, it was like the first time that I really met a big celebrity and my connotation on what they were like or what they're supposed to be like was like, oh, they're big-headed, they're better than you, they're going to think this or that because you're just this small person who's not at their level. Yeah. But it was like completely different. Yeah. And it was just like a very humbling situation and it made me really feel like, I could get there at one point. For sure. Right. And I think that's the thing is, is like a lot of the time you do have these really, really down to earth artists. And then the worst is when you have the other side of that, where you have an artist that just won't even give you the time of day. Oh, 100%. And especially if they're a smaller artist where they're just like, you're just trying to help them. I was like, hey, I really like your sound. Like you're starting out. Like, I'd love to help you. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do? Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, it, it, it's such a culture shock to see like these huge, huge artists like so ready to be a part of everything and like help yeah. you out. And then you have that switch where it's like a smaller artist is like, they won't even give you a moment. And, yeah. and that's one of the hard things about working in this industry is there's no rules. There's no like set guidelines for how people are supposed to treat each other. And you kind of just have to go with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just being the best you, you can be, I think helps. I think that's one of the biggest things are like why I've gotten to where I've gotten is because I've just tried to be nice to everybody. You kind of want in this industry everyone to kind of like you. I know it's hard in certain situations where you can have like a bad falling out with someone, whatever. But you kind of want the majority of people to like you because if you're good at what you do, people like you, your name's going to get around. Oh, for sure. And that's kind of how everything just kind of snowballs because it's like, oh, I know Luke who does this podcast. He's amazing. I want you to be on it. I want you to meet him. And then that person's going to talk to their friend and then their friend's going to talk to their friend. And then you end up having a thousand podcasts with all these amazing people because your name got around. And that's the thing is that's how a lot of the times this has worked is it's just people who I've met like over the years and like it's just being open to working and collaborating with people, you know? Um, I wanted to talk to you about um, kind of a term that, not the term that I specifically came up with, but I was thinking about how in the arts, your Instagram is kind of the resume you have to update daily. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about how you curate your in, uh, your Instagram. And you were talking to me a little earlier before the show and maybe even a little bit on the show about how important your Instagram is for you to get clients. Can you talk to me about that kind of process? Yeah. Instagram, I think, is... I think it's everyone's resume when you're in the arts. If you don't use it, I don't know what you're really doing, to be yeah. honest. And I think keeping it updated as much as possible because you kind of want to stay in people's faces. For sure. Um, as much as people, you want people to see you as much as possible. Yeah. Right? So the more you're on their newsfeed, the more you're posting on your stories, they're like, whoa, this guy's doing a lot of cool things. I, and in this industry, people kind of want to be 
a part of what you're doing. Oh, for sure. Right? So the more you're posting, the more people are like, whoa, this is cool, this is that, whatever. And what I've done with my Instagram, which is pretty cool, is I kind of do, I learned this from a, from a really good friend of mine, is posting in, like, rows of threes. Yeah. Right? So it keeps my Instagram pretty, like, it just keeps a good flow of my Instagram, and it's not, not like photos are all over the place. So what I do is I post in, like, a row of threes, um... And usually, like, how, how I try to, like, lay it out is I have, like, a close-up shot, a wide shot, and then, like, a medium shot. And then recently, because I've seen so many different photographers just posting photo, 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 I started doing, I don't know if you know what a carousel is, yep. when you kind of, like, swipe, swipe left, right? Yeah, swipe left, and the photo continues going, right? I've tried to, like, continue that as, like, a really long landscape photo. So then it just looks like a one big consecutive photo. And to people, they're like, whoa, that's really cool. That's something super different, right, that not everyone's doing. So I think that is a huge thing, is, like, being different on social media so that you stand out and also posting as much as possible because people want to see you doing cool things and people want to see you busy. Sometimes... And this is, like, I think to a lot of people is sometimes we're not doing anything. There'll be, like, a week where I'm not doing anything, but then I'll continue posting onto Instagram, right? I kind of just post, like, I'm drinking coffee or I'm at my computer, so I'll post that. Or I'm out with a friend and I'll post that. And it's just keeping people in the loop that I'm still doing things because it's so easy to kind of fall off from people because if, like, let's say you go off for a month, people just kind of forget about you. And there's a right? new person, yeah. That's the new age of social media is that, like, you're so easy for... so It's so easy to forget about you because there's so many different people. Yeah. Right? And it's like, you know a photographer, this other person is a photographer. And if I'm not in your face all the time, it's so easy for them to find someone else. Yeah. I think a big thing of that, too, and it's really interesting that you brought up this kind of grid of three. Like, I kind of... I, if anyone has seen my Instagram, which is content yeah. from Luke Peters, I kind of take that to... 11 where my instagram is just like huge like expansive like art grid piece of shit it's just a lot it's cool (laughs) i like it um and so but the thing is is it's not conducive for uh the algorithm it's not conducive to for people to see it and so that's another side of it where it's like yes you have this idea where you can make something that looks really pretty and looks really cool and everyone's like oh that's kind of neat when they follow you but then when it comes to actually getting new people to follow you and getting using the algorithm to your advantage it really isn't set up for success yeah and i think that's an interesting thing with it too because you're using it as a business tool you really have to come at it with a very specific point of view where it's like hey i want to make this look nice but it also needs to be able to show up on people's feeds where it's like if someone searched hobo johnson they want to see your photo it's like oh man like this is a really good photographer maybe i'll have him shoot my thing exactly yeah and then he reaches out to you and then that's it and it's it's interesting because on the other side of it there have been moments where I've gotten people reaching out about the podcast from like places like Texas and oh, like cool. all over the world. And it's really, really interesting to have like I, I haven't asked them, but it's really cool to like almost like do the little research of like I wonder how they found out about the podcast. Yeah. I wonder how they got that connection. Um, I feel like with things like that, I feel like it just kind of got brought up to them I think through Spotify I think probably is how yeah. they found you because Spotify their algorithm is really cool that they want to showcase newer yeah. um, newer creators but then back to the whole Instagram where you were saying like your Instagram feed isn't 
built for the algorithm. I think you still, it's still really, really cool. And you kind of want to keep the people that are following you to continue following you, right? Yeah. I think nowadays it is really hard to kind of gravitate and get new followers because the algorithm is kind of not working in anyone's favor these days. No, it's not. And it's, you want to keep the people that are already following you, following you. Oh, for sure. Right, and the way that I've kind of been able to get new followers is like I'll meet people at a show or this or that and they'll follow me from there or an artist will post my photo and that's how they come back to my page and that's how they'll follow so like I think that's how I've been able to work around the algorithm yeah because it's it doesn't work these days like I've I'll post for like an entire month every single day and I'll gain and lose the exact same amount. Like yeah. it just goes up and down. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's going on? And then I'll go to a show and I'll meet a bunch of people and then bam, there's 20 new followers. I'm like, that's more than I've gained yeah. in the past month of posting every single day. Yeah, it's the uh, the idea of online versus offline spaces where it's yeah. you 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 actually get so much more from like a physical connection with someone like a like a like an in-person connection with someone than just being like hey give me a follow please you know like you want to you want to and that's the same thing like that's how we met like i literally just like reached (laughs) out to you after a show i saw you taking photos for this band and it's like the only reason like i had you on the podcast is because i looked into i did research for it and i looked into you and i was like oh this is a cool story and then i reached out to you and that was it yeah um i think that the last thing i want to really talk about is yeah like when you when you look at Instagram like a resume, yeah, is there any tips you can give people to to kind of build that up, like in regards to using their Instagram as a way to find new work? Um, honestly, posting as much as possible, staying in people's eyes. Um, another thing is I like to keep relationships, so. Honestly, just finding newer artists that I kind of like and always commenting on their work when they're coming out with new music, yeah, this and that. Um, DMing people, like, if they post something cool on their Instagram story, like, I'll respond to it. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, this guy's so nice. He's always responding to my stories, this and that. I think it's a, it's a more personal resume. Yeah. Because you're actually able to talk to people and say, hey, what's up, instead of them just looking at your feed and being like, okay, cool, whatever, move on to the next thing. Oh, for sure. No, you comment on their work. You comment on, like, their stories. You can actually, like, direct message them and, like, continue a conversation and stuff like that. Like, I think a big thing, um, there's this band, uh, you all probably saw them at Pleasure Crafts, yeah. Command Sisters. Yeah. They were, they were playing their first show um, a couple Saturdays ago, and their Instagram is the craziest I've ever seen because yeah. they have no music out. They have, they were playing their first show ever in Toronto, and I think they've been in Toronto for the past like three to four years. Yeah. And but they've built such a community of people that like them solely because of their Instagram feed. Yeah, like their style. Their style, their aesthetic, the fact that. Um, they respond to everyone's stories. They continue conversations through Instagram. They keep up with everyone. They're always commenting on my work when they like it. And it's kind of like, it makes me want to be friends with them because I'm like, whoa, they're so nice. They're so down to earth. I've never met them, but I'm like, whoa, I'd be friends with you just because of the way you are on social media, right? So if I would say that to anyone, I'd say, Honestly, be as personal as possible with Instagram. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like, if you see an artist or a model or whatever, 
who you like, honestly just be like, hey, I like your work. I'd like to do something with you. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to pay you. Maybe they're just going to go out to coffee with you. But hey, the relationship is there. And maybe just down the road, they might be able to work with you. But at least they know who you are. Yeah, for right? sure. And it's getting it's getting people to know you. Um, I think that exactly. the last thing I want to say is, has there been, because the whole podcast is about the imposter syndrome, about yeah. that anxiety in the arts. And we've kind of skirted away just yeah. kind of talking about photography which is it's just great because i think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand the gravity of um has there been a moment where the imposter syndrome hit you really hard like where you felt like you've kind of wanted to give up or that you had this like anxiety about creation um I mean, yeah, I mean, it happened a lot when i kind of was like starting out in photography where there was a lot of moments where I just didn't know what I was doing. I was very, like, self-conscious about my work and stuff like that that kind of was, like, holding me back. Yeah. But then I think I've kind of really gotten out of that because it's you have to be really confident in yourself, right? And a lot of people, I think, lack confidence these days when it comes to to the arts because there's so many people out there that are that are going to be better than you. I'm not yeah. the greatest at my work. There is a hundred people that are always going to be better than me. Yeah. Right. No matter how good I'm getting, there's always someone better than me at the end of the road. Yeah. Right. So it's really easy to compare yourself and be like, I want to be like them, but I I'm not them right now. So then you can make yourself be like, oh, I'm just going to sit back and like wallow and be sad and just kind of like stop yourself from continuing the growth of your of your career and I think we've we've all been there and I've definitely been there when I was starting out and it did for like a few months kind of hold me back but because I really liked what I was doing and it became a part of my life and a part of who I am today I kind of was able to like overcome that for sure that yeah no that that yeah like it's it's the overcoming it's it's yeah. taking the moment being like i'm not doing well now but i know if i keep working at it it's gonna exactly you gotta have grow. to build that confidence in yourself that everyone everybody has those shitty moments in their life where they're not doing anything they think that they're not so great they're not so this they're not whatever but you have to be confident that it'll get better and you will get better Right. But always just working and working towards getting better, I think, is what people need to do and not letting those lows kind of like accumulate and like become who they are. Yeah. Because if you do, then you're not really going to get out of that. And that's no. when like anxiety and depression kind of start building. And then you don't really know how to get out of that and you just get stuck. And then you're like, well, photography isn't for me. Well, maybe it was for you. You just didn't let it yeah, happen. Yeah, you didn't give it a chance. You didn't give it a chance, right? Yeah. The la- Okay, so the last <laughs> thing I want to talk about, and this is kind of the last big question that I yeah. ask on every podcast is three tips if you can give three tips to people who are maybe a photographer maybe want to create who are feeling this imposter syndrome is there three things you can give them you talked about authenticity is there three kind of ideas that you can kind of gleam off that we can glean from you that just like this is what i what works for me this is what might work for you yeah um keep creating i think that's the biggest thing is always 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 keep creating no matter what is happening in life just keep creating even if it's like the smallest thing like if you're doing video it doesn't have to be a one hour video it can be like a 20 second video but something that's cool something that's keeping your brain kind of just working yeah i think that would be a biggest thing is always creating um another thing is get out there 
Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is getting out there and being in people's faces. I think that's a big thing that I've learned is getting out there, going to shows, going to like Instagram meetups or whatever is getting out there and getting your name out there to meet people in the industry that are doing the same thing as you. Um, I think the last thing I would probably say is don't be competitive. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people in this industry do that is a very negative thing is they think that you have to be competitive to kind of be better than the next person. But everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone wants to help each other out. Yeah. And just letting everyone like be collaborative with the people you, you have around you and not... And be confident, too, that everyone is in their own lane and everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah, you're really building a community. You're building this support system. Exactly. So, like, if you do need a second shooter, if you do need someone who's more confident right. in video, you have someone you can call on. Exactly. Um, thank you so much for coming no on worries. the show. I appreciate it. I wanted to just, uh, is there, do you have any projects coming up? Uh, plug your Instagram, anything to plug? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean, you can follow me on Instagram. It's my last name, at... Dorta's Photography, D-O-R-T-A-S Photography. Awesome. And you're well, shooting this uh, music video coming up soon? Yeah, I'm shooting this music video for an artist named Charlie the Kid, so look out for that. It's It'll be pretty cool. Uh, when are you shooting that? Uh, um, I think it'll be end of next month, something like that. Like yeah. January kind of thing? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, so this episode will probably be coming out in January, oh, so sweet. I'll make sure to link, cool. it, link everything. It's also my birthday in January 15th, so that'll be cool. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> thank you so awesome. much for coming on the show, man. No worries. Thank you for having me. And remember, guys, this is I Don't Deserve a Podcast, but I hope I do deserve a follow. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast so you get all the new episodes. We've got some really amazing guests coming out. We've got some a backlog of a bunch of amazing episodes. I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to our sponsor and the studio that we record this, uh, 876 Studio. We uh, They're building a lot more podcasts out of the space. I'll make sure to link some of their cool stuff they're working on. If you want a place to record music, podcasts, the whole nine yards they do little events down here definitely check them out 876 studio they're incredible thanks so much for coming on the show dana